Good morning, pastors and ministry leaders. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. My name is Shegun Ayegusi, and I am a pastor and founder and director of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos in Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. The Nigerian Pastors Podcast is the audio ministry of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network, and we aim to achieve two goals through this podcast. One, we want to minister to the pastor's heart and stir up in you a greater love for Jesus Christ. The fact is, when a pastor is in awe and in love with Jesus Christ, it will result in emotionally and spiritually healthy ministry leaders who lead thriving churches. And our second goal through this podcast is to equip you with practical biblical teaching for ministry so that you can grow in your knowledge of God's Word and become more effective in preaching and teaching through the Bible. It is our ongoing prayer that the Holy Spirit of God accomplishes both of these goals in your life as you listen along. Welcome again, and thank you for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I want to welcome you back as we continue in our series on the end times about the end of the world. And uh, in today's discussion, so thus far in this series, we have talked about this supernatural event that is still yet to take place. What's next on the prophetic Christian calendar, which is essentially an event known as the rapture when Jesus Christ comes and, you know, he calls every believer to ascend and join him in the sky. We've talked about that in episode one and two. And then we talked about the arrival of the Antichrist over the last two weeks, this figure who will be at the center of all the hurtful, traumatic things that will happen at the end of the age. Well, in today's podcast, we, we want to have one rather simple, but yet not so simple discussion. And it's this. What happens to followers of Jesus Christ one minute after you die or one second after you die. We want to talk today about the afterlife. Specifically, we want to talk about heaven, right? What happens after Christians get raptured and what happens after Christians take their last breath in this life. There are all kinds of images about heaven out there. There are a lot of books that have been written about people having visions of heaven. A lot of them sound a little cuckoo, right? They don't sound biblically based. And so in today's episode, we want to talk about uh, heaven as a very real place, but what the experience will be like. And I got to tell you this, I certainly hope that today's podcast is an encouragement for you personally as a pastor or as a congregant. But honestly, today I'm really speaking or I'm hoping to speak to those of you who are pastoring churches in communities around the world, especially in Nigeria, where um, where you are facing heavy persecution and perhaps some of your church members or even family members have been killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And I say this because um, I know for many pastors, sometimes when, when, or for many Christians, um, when our loved one dies, the, the image that stays with us is the last image of them, whether they were sick, they were bloodied, beaten, whatever it is, that image tends to ingrain itself in our minds and it feels, and death feels so heavy and so sad, it's this ugly, painful sting. And, and yes, that's true about death. But what I want to do in today's podcast is to really expand your vision of what life looks like for the follower of Jesus one minute after they die. Because your loved one in Christ, 
who died is not dead. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. The scripture tells us that one second after they took their last breath in this world, that they were in the presence of Jesus Christ. They are in the presence of Jesus Christ right now in heaven with no more pain, no more tears, no more blood stains, no more sickness or ailment, no more sadness. But in fact, they are at the pinnacle of human joy and human satisfaction. And so I want to encourage you from the Bible today to hold on to biblical hope that your loved ones are secure in the hands of Jesus. In fact, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, which is the passage we'll be sticking with through today's podcast, the Apostle Paul paints for us a very powerful picture of what a Christian will experience, what their bodies will feel like and look like and be like in heaven. Here we go. Here's what he says. First, uh, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16 to 18. Paul says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Did you hear that? Paul is saying that, listen, even in death, even in persecution, don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downcast. Why? He says, even though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, that far outweighs our light and momentary troubles. And for this reason, he says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is eternal. So Paul here is talking about our resurrection body, what your body will look like after death. And, and if I were to take this passage and I were to sum it up into one big central idea that will guide our discussion today, it would be this. Here's the central idea. That your first moments in heaven as a follower of Jesus Christ, your first moments in heaven will shock your system to its core in a good way. Like your first moments in heaven will shock your system to its core. It'll be the shock of your life in a good way. In fact, so let's talk about, let's jump right in and discuss three shocking moments that every follower of Jesus Christ will experience during those first few moments in heaven. In fact, we're going to talk about two of them today. And then in next week's episode, we'll, we'll wrap up the discussion with some other things. So here we go. Shocking moment number one that you will experience in heaven as a Christian. And it's this. The sudden realization that all your struggles are finally over. That'll be the first shocking moment that, specifically that all your physical struggles are finally over. The sudden realization that all your physical struggles are finally over. You know, one of the greatest difficulties or one of the big struggles in this life is not just the hardship that we face outside in the world, but it's also the struggles that we face physically as our bodies begin to age. You know, when you're young, you can feel almost invisible, right? You can run and jump and you can make sharp turns and, and you can run full speed without much consequences. But as you get older, your body starts to disagree with you, right? Recently, I was at my kid's school and they were hosting something called a walkathon. And a walkathon is basically a long distance it's not really a race. It's kind of a long distance walk where you walk around a large soccer field, a football field several times in order to raise money for people in need. And so every time you walk around 
a field one full lap. Somebody sponsors you and gives to needy people a specific need. Anyway, um, this event was called a walkathon, which means you walk. But as soon as the principal blew the whistle and said go, all these primary school students just took off running as if it was a 100-meter race. And a few of us older parents who were behind were just, you know, they're taking our time. Just, we were laughing because we thought, oh, wow, what, what it must feel like to be young and think you have unlimited energy. Because as older people, we're not running. Like, we're taking our time walking. And the truth is that for every person who gets older, there comes a point in your adulthood when ever so slowly, your body doesn't cooperate with you anymore, right? Different parts just, they begin to ache. Different joints begin to hurt you, right? Like you don't even have to strain yourself at a certain age anymore. You just wake up in the morning and certain parts of your body begin to hurt. Add to that physical struggle, the fact that we have millions, right now it's corona, who knows what'll be next. We have millions of different diseases or illnesses that can slow your life down or make some people become bedridden. The point is this, that our body is dying every day, even for the healthiest of us. I mean, that is the consequence of, of original sin that happened in Genesis, and that has been passed on from generation to generation. From dust we came, from dust we shall return. It's a fact of life. You can't pray this away. You can't live eternally in this body. However, for followers of Jesus Christ, please hear me on this. There is life beyond the dust. I understand that many times as Christians in churches, we pray, you won't die, you'll live. Listen, beyond this life, there is life. You see, when a Christian dies, your physical body, even though it's buried in the ground or cremated or whatever it is, uh, but because you are made in the image of God, you are both body and spirit. So you, you could say that every human, there's two parts to you. There's a physical body and there's a spirit. And so at the point of death, though your body returns to dust at death, your spirit in that moment immediately goes to heaven in what is known by theologians as the intermediate state. The intermediate state basically describes how you will be existing in heaven until God recreates a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, that's what Paul is saying when he says, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Paul is making a distinction between your physical body and your spirit. So, once again, that means that at the moment of death, when your spirit steps away from your physical body, your body's buried in the ground, your spirit immediately is alive and goes to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. And it exists in some kind of transitional physical form that will allow you to enjoy the pleasures of heaven. Now, let me back up a little bit, because if you remember in one of our earlier episodes, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, Paul explains in that passage what will happen to our physical bodies that have been buried in the ground when Jesus returns, right? So, at the moment of death, your spirit goes to heaven to be with Jesus, your body is buried in the ground, but then when Jesus Christ returns, when the trumpet call of God sounds, Paul says this, he says in verse 52, that for when the trumpet sounds, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, says, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die, and our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. You see, what Paul is saying there is that there is a day coming when God will supernaturally reunite 
your spirit, which is with Jesus in heaven, will reunite your spirit with your resurrected body that will be brought to life at the trumpet call of God, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18, and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35 to 44. So at the rapture, at the trumpet call of God, there's a coming together, there's this body that's made of spirit and body that will be a glorious body that is physically stronger, it is faster, you'll have more stamina, more athleticism, so to speak, you'll have more coordination, and most importantly, it'll be a body that has been designed by God to last for all eternity. Remember, heaven is eternal, and so you need a body that doesn't die, hence this resurrected body. Even your mind will have more memory retention and the capacity to process information faster because in eternity, you're not going to need your mind and your body less. You're going to need it more because of all that God has in store for his creation. And it is this future glory, uh, glorified body that Paul is describing for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40, when he says, he says, the splendor of the heavenly bodies is of one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another kind. Verse 42, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Paul is laying out for us that in heaven, the headache, the, the, the headache, the, the physical pain, the joint pain, all of those, all gone. You'll be, have a resurrected body. You know, in a sermon by Donald McLeod, he wrote a book or he wrote, I'm sorry, he preached a sermon titled The Joys of Life in the Resurrection Body. Here's what he says. I love this quote. He says, not only the creator, but the creation too will be an object object of wonder to the redeemed. He says the new heaven and the new earth will challenge your intellects. It'll fire your imaginations. It will stimulate your mind. This scenario is a thrilling one. Brilliant minds in powerful bodies in a transformed universe. In other words, your resurrected body will fully and finally be willing to cooperate with the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you'll be fully responsive to whatever the Lord God will instruct you to do. In fact, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24 speaks of that day when it says, God says, I will answer them before they even call to me. In fact, while they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. It's talking about that future moment when you have a glorified body, resurrected mind, and you can even behold a father face to face. And it's for this reason, among others, that your first moment in heaven will shock your system to the very core because of the sudden realization that all of your physical struggles that you wrestled with in this life are finally over. The second shocking moment that you will experience in heaven is not only the realization all your physical struggles are over, but it's what and who will be there. Um, for this next point, there's a YouTube video I'm going to refer to because right now, if you go on YouTube, um, there are videos of people who were born deaf or who were born colorblind. And so to be born colorblind means that um, you can't distinguish between colors. People who are colorblind, when they look, everything to them seems grayish or brownish. It's kind of like all one color. And apparently people were born in this condition. Some people were born deaf. Some people are born Colorblind, not blind, just colorblind. Well, medical scientists were actually able to come up with certain devices that helped blind people 
see a little better. A colorblind people see color and people who can't hear actually hear. So for, for people who cannot see color, they came up with a device called an enchroma eyeglasses. And then for deaf people, they come up deaf people, they came up with a device called a cockle ear implant. And these two devices allow different people to hear better and to see colors for the first time. And the video on YouTube captures the reaction to people hearing for the first time and seeing color for the first time. Now, yeah, I don't know where you're listening to this, but if you go on our episode page of today's podcast, um, we are going to include a link to a video on YouTube where you can actually watch people's reactions. Because on this video on YouTube I'm referring to, you would, man, you, you'll be blown away. It is one of the most heartwarming things that I've ever seen and that moved me to tears. In that video, it shows one young girl who's been deaf since she was a little girl who can't really hear, and you can see the doctors helping her put this device on her ear for the first time, and, and the doctors are telling her to speak so she can hear her own voice, and as soon as she hears her voice for the first time, this girl just breaks down crying because I think for many of us, we take the fact that we can hear for granted, but imagine someone who's never been able to hear their whole life to hear their own voice. I mean, it is just, this girl just breaks down and cry. It's so beautiful. Um, th there's another girl or another guy who was born colorblind, right? And he can't see, everything just looks brown to him, right? And, and he puts on this colorblind glasses for the first time and he was so amazed. I mean, he, it's funny if you see the video, he's actually pointing to buildings and he's asking his wife, what color is that? And his wife says, that's orange. And he nearly loses his mind. He's like, really, that's orange? It's just an incredible video. In fact, the one that actually moved me to tears was the video of a father whose wife and children gave him these glasses for Christmas. And the man was looking around and, and he's looking at colors and he's trying to understand what he's looking at. And his daughter comes near him and says, Daddy, look at the color of my eyes. And the man looks at his daughter's eyes and for the first time he sees her beautiful eyes and the man just starts crying. And I'm telling you, yeah, once again, the link is on our podcast page, it is the most beautiful thing you will ever see. Now, I, I, I give you that illustration um, because I think, you know, those were precious moments in our broken world where ordinary people saw and, and heard for the first time something that most of us take for granted. Now, I want you to imagine what that experience will be like in heaven, because in many respects, that's what heaven will be like. Heaven will be filled with colors and, 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 and structures and, and beauty that our minds have never seen. When you read the book of Revelation and the apostle John is describing heaven, you can tell that he's struggling to, to find words, right? He'll say things like, the city was kind of like made of gold. He doesn't say it was gold. He says it looked like gold. And then he says there was kind of like a rainbow. And he, and he uses the word it was like this or like that. That's because he doesn't have terminology to describe the grandeur, the splendor of heaven. So he has to find the closest thing on earth to compare it to. And that's what heaven will be like. There will be many first moments in eternity where you will be shocked because you go, wait, wait, is that, is that the river of life that Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 and 2 speaks about? Or, or, or Revelation chapter 4, 6, where you, for the first time, imagine seeing the four living creatures around the throne of God. You're like, I've read this for years, but I never imagined this is what it's like. 
Or how about Revelation chapter 2 and verse uh, chapter 22, where it talks about the tree of life. Imagine for the first time laying eyes on the tree of life that's by the river of life, the same tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. Imagine seeing it for the first time and imagine seeing the one of the 12 fruits that, that yields a different fruit every season for the first time. I mean, heaven is going to be filled with questions of what colors are those? Is that pavement? real gold. And, and man, I think perhaps the most profound moment will be that moment when we behold the Lord Jesus Christ, right? I mean, there will be many first moments in heaven, first time experiences that will last us a lifetime. But heaven is not only about what we will see, but who we will meet. And, and, and in fact, before I go there, let me say this, because I think it's important to point out that heaven, when we think about heaven, I think we tend to think about heaven and clouds, but the Bible describes heaven or our ultimate destination, the new heaven and the new earth. It describes it as a very real physical place, like perhaps more real than where we presently live. When, the, when Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 2 to 4, that in my father's house, there are many rooms and that he's going to prepare a place for you. Jesus didn't just go off to go prepare someplace in the cloud in some ethereal location. Heaven is a real place populated by real people. It has real gates, real streets, real walls, real buildings with real trees and even a river. So, so it, not only is it real, but second, perhaps the most important feature of heaven is the fact that Jesus Christ himself will be there. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 2, when the apostle Paul, John, I'm sorry, when the Apostle John is shown a vision of heaven, the single most dominant feature in all of heaven that he sees in Revelation 4 and 5 was the throne of God. And then in Revelation chapter 5 and, verse 20, and Revelation 22, it, it tells us that the throne also happens to be the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb, which is a reference to Jesus Christ in John chapter 129. And so if there's one thing you and I should be looking forward to about heaven, it will certainly be to lay our eyes on Jesus Christ for the first time. I mean, imagine that moment. I mean, Jesus Christ is the reason you and I are Christians. Jesus Christ is the one who died for our sin on the cross. Jesus Christ is the one who reconciled us into a right relationship with God. Jesus Christ is the reason we gather every week to sing, to dance, to celebrate. We tithe. We do all these things for his name. He's the reason why some of us pack up and go long distances to go share the gospel. He's the one who speaks to our hearts and our high points and our low points. And so imagine for a moment. When you lay eyes on Jesus Christ for the first time, you know, there's a song that I think captures what that moment might be like. It's a popular song, I think, from the 90s. It's called I Could Only Imagine. And I love that song because it ponders the question. It says, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe will I be still and not move? Will I be able to stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah or will I be able to speak at all? I could only imagine. I could only imagine. Well, there is a day coming, brothers where and sisters, where we will not need to imagine. Because like I said, just the most important aspect of heaven will be meeting Jesus Christ himself. Now, I think just as important as the presence of Jesus in heaven is what Jesus himself says about heaven. And it's this, he says in John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus says, I am he, I am the way, I am the truth, 
and I am the life. He didn't say I am one of the ways. He didn't say I might be the truth. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus Christ is not only presently reigning as king in heaven, but it is only through faith in Jesus Christ that you can get into heaven. And so it's for this reason, because Jesus Christ is the one who reigns over heaven, it's for this reason that also in heaven will be our loved ones, our family members who've trusted in Jesus Christ, who perhaps died way earlier or died recently, some of whom you may have known while you were on earth, some of our family members that you never even met before, extended family members who trusted Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of heaven. They are in heaven because of Jesus Christ. And what a reunion it will be to meet with loved ones, fellow believers who have died years, decades ago, who you'll finally get to meet, even all the way back to the biblical times. You know, I was thinking the other day about my family and, and the men in my, my family tree, and I was thinking about all the, you know, I knew, obviously I knew my father, but I never met my grandfather. And I was thinking, like, I, I wonder how many men back in generations before me in the Aigbusi family line, I wonder how many of them were followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I... I don't know, right? So, and I was thinking, I was like, wow, like, even though I don't know that number, here's what I know for sure, that when I get to heaven, one of the greatest family reunions that I will ever experience is to look over the centuries to see how many men in my family history were actually followers of Jesus Christ. And not only that, I get to see people from the scriptures, people who loved the Lord. I get to see people in my church who've gone home to be with the Lord. We get to, re I mean, heaven will be the ultimately ultimate family reunion. And that's one of the things we get to look forward to. Now, we talked about um, what you will see in heaven during your first moments there and who you will meet will be the shock of your life. I mean, it'll shock your system to its core in the very best of ways, not only because of what will be there, but because of who will be there, and also the fact that all your physical struggles will finally be over. We're going to continue this discussion in next week's episode, where we talk about the third shocking moment you will experience in heaven. But for now, I would love to pray for you and for your family. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for all who are listening to this podcast. I especially want to lift up those who are struggling physically right now, um, who are in pain either because of an ailment or a disease. Mighty God, your word says you are the great physician, the one who heals. And, and Lord, in the scripture, sometimes you touched people and they were healed. Sometimes you, you, you spoke and they were healed, whether sometimes nearby, sometimes far away. So Father, I'm asking that in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would speak to my hearers right now and wherever the pain is in their body, Spirit of God, bring healing and restoration in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are listening who perhaps have loved, lost a loved one and they're grieving and they're mourning. Jesus Christ, I pray that this message would be of great encouragement to them, that you would remind them that he who gives up their life for you gains all of eternity because of Christ. I ask that you would fill them with vision of their eternal home and you would encourage and strengthen them, Lord Jesus Christ. And more than that, Lord, I pray that you would create in them a heart of worship that runs after you fearlessly. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening.
Thanks again for listening to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. For more information about our ministry, uh, you could visit our website, www.thegatheringfaithleadership.network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos, Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. If you enjoyed this week's podcast and were blessed by it, there are one of two ways you can be a blessing to us in return. One, you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us and leave an encouraging review and give us some great stars uh, telling us how much you enjoyed our podcast. That would mean a lot to us. And then two, you can actually visit the episode page of this week's podcast and share it on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, wherever, and let your friends know about us. We truly appreciate you and hope you were blessed by this. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you up with you next week. Stay close to Christ. Mm-hmm.